Each Lent, we drew a homily series on topics relevant to the big questions in life. This year's homily series, which started this past weekend, is centered around the human search for meaning and purpose, addressing big questions such as today's question, who am I? I'm drawing from the book and the video series, The Search by Chris Stefanik. It is my hope that whether it is the homily series, which are being recorded at all the masses, and you can find them at the YouTube channel, just like this past weekend, if you didn't get a chance to do the first one, or the video series, which is on form.org, or the book, which we gave out last year, that addressing some of these big life questions will help you personally and inspire you to continue your search. And I pray that you will share these messages with people you know and love and believe would benefit from them, such as folks who maybe are struggling with faith in God, faith in themselves, and the meaning and purpose that they have in this life. So let's continue our homily series with Who Am I? Who am I? In today's reading from St. Paul's second letter to the Corinthians chapter 5, he tells us, Working together then, we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, In an acceptable time I heard you, and on the day of salvation I helped you. Behold, now is a very acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. <clears throat> now is the time of salvation? Really? If this is true, and it is true because Christ comes to us with the salvation every day, why is it that at times we feel so small, as if we don't matter? Salvation is about God loving us, and we loving God and ourselves, but then look at us, struggling with how the creator of the universe can love us. We're seeing our own self-worth in this vast world and universe, yet seeing our own self-worth as we look at our sinfulness. What to do with this? Let's spend this homily asking the question, who am I? Let's spend this homily looking at just you. Just you as an individual. Did you know there are approximately 7.5 billion people on this planet with you right now? Feel insignificant next to such a vast number of people? Ever stand next to the ocean and take in the reality that the earth is really, really big and you are occupying just a tiny speck of space on this planet? Let's take it out a bit more. And let's move from the earth to the sun. When you compare the two, the earth and the sun, side by side, you can fit 300,000 of our earths into our sun. Feel small? Plus, our sun 
is just one among billions of stars in our Milky Way galaxy, and our Milky Way galaxy is one among billions of galaxies. Our galaxy, too, is actually pretty small. Only about 100,000 light years to cross it. There are some galaxies that take 6 million light years to cross. Along these lines, the Hubble telescope was once pointed at a seemingly dark spot in our night sky. Just a pinpoint dark spot where they couldn't see anything but darkness. It found 15,000 galaxies in that pinpoint. Feel small yet? Careful. It's easy to confuse small with insignificant. As if a massive amount of cosmic space has more significance than you. What if I told you that the most amazing living thing in this massive universe is literally right under your nose? You. You are unique. Strange, irreplaceable, one of a kind? There has never been another you in the history of the universe, and there will never be another you in the future of time and space. You, have you ever marveled at the mystery of you? Like, the odds that you are existing at all. They are so astronomically small. Yet here you are, but you almost didn't exist. Almost. Think about this. 66 million years ago, scientists tell us, a seven and a half mile wide, wide asteroid struck the Yucatan Peninsula at the exact right place to produce enough soot to fill the atmosphere and wipe out the dinosaurs. However, if that asteroid arrived in our atmosphere a few seconds earlier, it would have struck the ocean. Or a couple more seconds earlier, it would have missed the Earth entirely. This means that at the moment of the Big Bang, when all matter was sent into the void of space, that asteroid and its trajectory was already set in motion. To strike the earth at the precise place and precise time to change everything on the earth and get ready for you. You. Chew on that for a while. Well, the same is true of you, with you, you are incredible. The margin of error that you exist is equally incredible. Think about all the things that had to be in place for you to come into existence here and now. How about this? How about this? If, I mean, I mean it's almost impossible to fathom everything that had to be in place. 
If there was a caveman 40,000 years ago that ran right instead of left to get away from a saber-toothed tiger, he might not have ever met your great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-
you can use your intellect to reason. And how you can use your will to know a thing and choose it or not to choose it. This is what people for centuries upon centuries, whether they are Christian or religious people of, who follow other creeds, call the soul. The soul, generally speaking, is that part of ourselves that is other than biological. A part that is free of matter. Doesn't take up space, strictly speaking, and is not limited to only existing in time. The soul is that reality of your body and the capacity to know and love, which is the animating principle of being human. Without the soul, the body is not a living body. So much so that in the absence of the soul, there is only a corpse. The rational ability to know and freely love, it goes on living. Even after the animal part of us, the material part of us, our bodily dimension, ceases to exist in time and space. And there's a lot of scientific evidence for this today. Science has finally caught up with what we've already known. A recent Gallup poll showed that 8 million Americans have had a, what's called a near-death experience. People who physically die and come back from the dead. One in five people who have, never, who have, who have had a near-death experience have memories of what happens to them during the near-death experience. One in five. Thanks to modern medicine and science, thousands of these experiences have been documented by a growing number of peer-reviewed clinical studies by major universities and national institutes around the country and around the world that point to experiences that are impossible unless there's more to you than just your body. This points to the existence of something within a human being that transcends the physical body. During a near-death experience, consistently, people relay that they leave their body. Yet, they still have the capacity to be aware of themselves and everything around them. They, to see and to hear, to think and reflect, to feel, to love, to remember. People having memories of conversations that have happened in a waiting room far from the hospital bedroom of the person who just died. The soul, the person recalls, just moved through the wall and down the hall and to the waiting room and, and then described accurately everything that happened, everything that was said at the news of their death was relayed to loved ones. Here's one to ponder. 80% of the people who were born blind, born blind, who had a near-death experience, come back with vivid descriptions of things they saw why their souls left their bodies. For instance, they would know the color of the nurse's hair and note that it is the same color on, of the shoelace of the other nurse's shoe. All these 
near-death experiences, which are scientifically studied and carefully documented today, point to something that you and I already know. There's more to our human life than our bodies. There's something about being human that lives beyond the death of our bodies. And this something is you. This something is our soul. So this means <clears throat> that the soul, your, your soul, lives beyond the boundaries of physical space and time. What is outside of time and space? Well, for the soul to exist, there must also exist a reality that is beyond time and space, not limited to time and space, not limited to past, present, and future. That's time and space. Not limited to the beginning and the ending of time and space. This reality, my friends, sounds an awful, like, an awful lot to me like eternity. Eternity among Christians and Jews and all the historic philosophies and religions is a dimension of existence that is above and beyond physical space and time. In fact, for us as Judeo-Christians, eternity is the state of existence in which God dwells. And from his place in eternity, from what he calls heaven, God created time and space and everything that dwells within it. You see, according to the Big Bang Theory, scientists tell us that before the universe was created, there was no time and space. There was nothing. When the universe came into existence in an explosion of light, the so-called Big Bang, this is when time and space was created. And over billions of years, you were eventually created. Here and now. However, we know... Scientifically speaking, something cannot be created out of nothing. Time and space and all that dwells within them cannot be created out of nothing. Something else has to create them. Well, this something else is what philosophers and theologians of all stripes up and down the centuries have called God. God, only an eternal God who exists before time and space and outside of time and space, who has an infinite power and an infinite intelligence and an infinite will and whose very nature is love and who in an act of love creates, creates life. Only this eternal infinite God is capable of creating time and space and all that will dwell within it. This God, my friends, at the moment of the creation of the universe, this God was thinking of you. At the beginning of the universe, this God was thinking of you. He can do that. He's infinite. He stands before all time and space. He was thinking of you. And then he set into motion an almost infinite amount of events through time and space 
in order to make sure that you were created. And when he created you, he didn't limit you just to a physical body. That's who you are. He also created a soul. That's who you are. That is capable of living beyond the limits of time and space. That is capable of living in eternity. Living eternally with him. Which is the reason why he created you. Who are you? You're a big deal. God has gone through an extraordinary amount of work throughout the universe and throughout time to love you into being. You matter infinitely because you matter infinitely to the infinite God. He brought you into being for a purpose. He has a plan for your life. And your life is one great adventure of discovery. Discovering God, discovering yourself, and discovering everything else in your life that will help you become the person God created you to be and to do all God created you to do and to go to all the places God created you to go, including one day when you're ready and when he's ready to go to live beyond the confines of time and space when he consummates all time and space, including our bodies, to be with him forever and eternity in heaven, which is the ultimate reason why he created you. Let me end with this. It's easy to look at the vastness of the universe or the vastness of our day or the fact that I'm one among billions of people on this planet or the small spaces we occupy from day to day it's easy to feel insignificant as if we don't matter as a person. But God, who is looking at you right now, He is looking at you right now from His place in eternity in heaven and saying to you how beautiful you are, how unique and special and worthy and how important you are compared to the trillions of stars in our universe. As incredible, too, as each of our bodies are compared to all other living beings, we also have an intellect and a will, just like the one who created us. And you have a soul that will outlast everything in the created universe. You can know and love and make choices. Something that all the galaxies of the universe cannot do. As magnificent as something is on this earth that we all marvel at, like, I don't know, Mount Everest, it will someday erode and be a thing of the past. But your soul will last longer than it, as mighty and majestic as it looks. Galaxies will fade away someday, and you'll still be around. I know it's easy to feel so small sometimes, but existentially, you stand out from all that was and is and ever will be in the entire universe. Indeed, 
You are a big deal. Never forget this. And when you daily look at yourself, remember who created you and why. Then live the adventure of you, you spending your life searching, discovering, and coming to know and love and serve the God who created you so you can be happy with him forever in heaven. And remember, too, along the way, as you live the adventure that is you, remind as many other people as possible of who they are, too, and of who created them and why, and help them to live out their adventure as they search for the reasons they are in this world and discover their true identity and destiny because of you.